DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80, The Zone. Riley Jensen, our college football insider, joins us now on the Smart Rain guest line. Best of state award winner, Smart Rain, is having an end-of-season sale on the irrigation smart controller. Save 50% off each smart controller purchased. Offer available to all commercial properties. Own listeners, visit smartrain.net to schedule a demo today. Riley, good morning. Good morning, fellas. What's going on? Many things are happening. We'll start with the sports and the hardcore football first. We'll get to fan behavior later. Are your Aggies ready to bounce back after that three-point offensive debacle against the Broncos? So many yards, so few points. Or level competition has gone up. The first three games are bound to look different than the next two because of the quality of opponents in uh, games four and five. Well, you certainly hope that they'll bounce back from the way that they played on Saturday. Um, I don't know if it was a 10 o'clock in the morning start. I'm sure that they have plenty of excuses for, you know, why they weren't able to move the ball offensively because for the most part in the first three games, they've been able to move it. Um, I think the silver lining for Utah State right now is that South Florida was able to move the ball. They were able to move it around with with a mobile quarterback, which I think Peasley brings to the table. You know, I don't know. I don't know exactly what they're going to do with Logan Bonner and Peasley and how they're going to use that combination or if, if, if Bonner's totally healthy. But I think Peasley brings some things to the table that the quarterback in South Florida brought last week, and I think that they'll probably, probably try and exploit some of those things because I'll tell you what, when Peasley gets out in the open field, it, it's pretty impressive how, how well he can run the ball. Now, on the flip side, you, you you go to BYU and you go, yeah, we're going to take the exact game plan that Boise State used. We're going to implement that, and we're going to lean on Utah State. We're going to be physical with them, and we're going to we're going to not turn the ball over and 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 go after them. So I I actually anticipate that both teams will play a little bit better, with the exception of the first quarter. I think it'll just be a little bit of like filling each other out, figuring out what they're going to do, and then then I think it'll be a fun football game to watch. So you're calling it. Blake Anderson needs to start Peasley, huh? No, that's you know, you know, PK. No, no, don't listen. I know don't listen. Okay, get, he doesn't. You try to get you try to get people to 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 break down. Yeah, try to get them to say, "I hate that school. I can't yep. stand that." School. I I see what you're doing here. I'm I'm an old veteran. I'm I'm actually turning into an old person. <laughs> I love that. Twenty-four. Love that. Hot Rod used to always say the young rookie. <laughs> it drove me nuts. And you're the old veteran. Hey, he just said <laughs> they saw a weakness with the South Florida quarterback running around, and Peasley has that ability. The guy's got a big time motor. So wouldn't that logically lead to the question? Do you think they should start Peasley? And then he attacks me. I'm. <laughs> Somehow I'm feeling bad for Jackie right now because I feel like something just got like wrapped into this conversation that wasn't there. <laughs> Jeez. Why even try? Why? <laughs> just throw your hands up in the air. People. I already it's so, did. It's such hard work. It's hard work. Jeez. So much now, for being I, listen, an inquisitive I like reporter. And I, I think one of the things that I love about this game is there's a lot of good quarterbacks. I I have been very impressed with the first and second string quarterback at both BYU and Utah State, and I, I think you have to give a lot of credit to Peasley, and you got to give a, a lot of credit to Baylor Romney. 
those two guys, and, and it's not an easy position to be in, they have been ready to go whenever their number has been called. And so if, if Utah State does do that or if, or, if, or if BYU feels like that Jaron Hall's not ready to go, I, I think we're still going to see high-quality quarterbacking out of, out of both schools. Riley Jensen, our college football insider, joining us. Uh, is BYU's offense that good, and they were holding back some stuff uh, just because they didn't need it, and they were trying to shorten games, and they had the lead? Or that deep passing game we saw, was that a function of the opposition or the change in, at quarterback? What, what was it? Because all of a sudden, BYU's <laughs> throwing the ball over the top and making big plays. Well, I personally feel like, I mean, look, there must have been something in the South Florida game plan that they saw just to call those plays. But uh, I'll be honest with you, I was very impressed with Baylor Romney. And I know know people are going to, like, shake their heads when I make this comparison, but I feel like he's a college version of Joe Montana. I mean, he wears number 16. He's, He's deceivingly fast. He's very accurate on the deep ball. And I was just way impressed, and I have been, since Baylor's been in the program, I know that we all fall in love with these running quarterbacks, but Baylor Romney's kind of a throwback to to the to the typical pocket quarterback that we all loved and, and grew to love back in the '90s and the, and the early 2000s, right? And he's, I mean, his accuracy on the deep ball is off the charts. Just let me give you an example here. When when I when I coached and when I played, I really felt like. I needed to be up in the 70 to 80 to 90% on all these short balls, right? So these quick hitches, these little bubble screens. And we didn't do as much of that when I was playing as when I was coaching, right? But I wanted my quarterbacks to be at an extremely high percentage on those so that we could get defenses to scoot up a little bit, scoot up a little bit, scoot up a little bit. And then I was super happy. This is the, this is the honest truth. I was super happy if we were like two for four on a deep ball in a game or if we were three for six. I felt like Man, we were really efficient in the deep game. And to see him throw the ball and just put on the money on these wide receivers, I, I thought it was really impressive, especially for being his first start in a while. And, uh, I, I mean, my, my, my hat goes off to him. I, I think he's a very accurate quarterback and a very capable quarterback. I can't say enough good things about Romney. And I, I liked the way Jaron Hall was playing. So I don't – it doesn't make me feel better if Jaron Hall doesn't play. I'll put it that way as a Utah State fan. So you're saying if given the opportunity to full time be a full time starter, Romney can be better than Detmer. <laughs> better than Ty Detmer? See, this is, is this where we're going again? We're I'm asking. <laughs> is he a better think, passer I, than Jaron Hall? I well, you said Detmer, so I, I know. I'm just kidding. I now think, I'm being serious. Is I he think, a better passer a better, than Hall? I think he's a better pure passer than Hall. I think Hall brings other – I also think Hall's a very good passer, but I think Hall brings a couple of other things to the table. So I can see why he's been named as the starter. So I, I would have – I probably would have done it the same way. But And then again, i got to point out just the ability of Aaron Roderick to develop quarterbacks right now. I mean, listen, this quarterback was prepared for that last game, and he knew exactly where he was supposed to go with the ball – um, a lot of times when I'm watching a quarterback play, I'll try and just watch his body language after he throws the ball. I can almost always tell you whether it's a completion or not. I call it, I call it confidence throws. Like when you see a quarterback throw the ball, 
there's kind of a body language and just like a reaction to the throw in the way his body looks after he throws the ball that that can tell you without looking downfield whether it's going to be a completion or not. And there was an extremely high amount of confidence throws from Baylor Romney. To me, that indicates that he knows the offense. He's been prepared during the week, and he knows where he's supposed to throw the ball. So who's going to win that game in Logan Friday night? So I've been thinking a lot about this as I'm, you know, knowing that I was going to come on this phone call. I think it is really, really important for BYU to kind of like out BYU, Utah State. Like they need to be the physical team. I think James Empey and the boys up front, they really need to lean on Utah State early. They need to, they need to get a couple of scores early to give Utah State some doubt. And they really need to lean on them, not turn the ball over, play this really high-quality defense they've been able to play if they want to win. If Utah State wants to win, first of all, they need to break off the, the cobwebs of last game, and they need to get into the end zone in the first quarter, hopefully a couple of scores for Utah State in the first quarter, and turn this game into a game where it's a high-scoring affair. I think, I think the edge leans to Utah State. If this becomes a high-scoring affair, I think the edge is to BYU if it's a ball control, like limit turnovers type of game. But I think if, if Utah State gets in a shootout like they did against Air Force, if they get in a, you know, a situation where they have to score a lot of points and they're able to score a lot of points, I think they're a scary team because they get really, really confident as the game goes on. And if BYU comes out and really just leans on them and hammers them at the first part of the game and then – continues that, I think that's going to be hard for Utah State to overcome. So you went you got your certification. I don't know what to call it. What you get your certification in? What would it be? How would you phrase it? So my degree is in sport and performance psychology. They call me a mental performance coach or a sports psychology consultant. Okay, so with that in mind, obviously Utah has had two major, major tragedies in the span of nine or ten months. Now, from the football perspective, which to a degree seems irrelevant, but nevertheless they've got games to play, if they were to employ you, given the tragedy that uh, befell befell the program last week, what would you do? Well, I mean, that's a, that's a really nuanced question, and there's a lot of moving parts to that with, sure. you know, over 100 guys on a team. Yeah. But I would, I would say this. Uh, I think it's a good thing that there's a bye week this week, and I think it's a good thing for the players to be able to um, maybe sit down and go through just just some gratitude exercises. There's so much as far as the science and the research goes as far as gratitude goes, and that's not – that's not being a church lesson, but being grateful for what you have, being grateful for the relationships that you have, being grateful for the relationships that you have had. Um, it can build self-esteem. It can help with trauma. Gratitude is really, really good with trauma, which this situation is going to be a trauma to a lot of these players. And then what I would probably focus on as far as performance, and once we've had a chance to, like, Sort of, you know, I mean, none of them are going to go through the full process of grieving this week, but sort of be able to acknowledge the grieving and the gratitude and the things that they have. Then what I would be very, very specific about if I was working with an individual player is, is really just getting through each day and, and having a focus on each practice where you just kind of reduce everything to like one thing that I'm going to work on today or one thing that I'm going to try and get better at today. 
instead of overwhelming yourself with all the things that you need to do because what can what can happen in these situations is when when emotions take over the frontal lobe and when emotions and grief are are overtaking your body it becomes <clears throat> difficult to focus and it becomes difficult to not uh feel and see and hear all the voices that are going on in your head and so there's going to be a lot of it pulls you in a lot of different directions and so the best way to help someone to focus is just to have them focus on one thing a day or one thing in practice or one thing in the next hour just really simplify a lot of the things that are going on I, my heart goes out to these players this is this is heavy stuff right yeah. this is someone that was like in the locker next to you this is someone you were joking with last week this is someone that you were celebrating with after the game last week and you know, the finality of it is very, very real. And so my heart goes out to the program. My heart goes out to those players, especially because if you ask any football player that I know that's played Division One football, high school football, junior high football, to a T, um, they don't all miss the practices, but they sure miss their friends and they sure miss those relationships. And so that's where this becomes really, really heartfelt and, and really, really hard for these players is those, those relationships – I mean, some of the football players I played with, I mean, we haven't seen each other in years. We'll see each other at a football game, and we're joking in the exact same manner. It's like we haven't even missed a beat. And that's some of the things that I miss the most. And, and that's one of those things that you feel like is taken away um, when a tragedy like this happens. So uh, since you said it was so nuanced, I'm curious one of the nuances, uh, because this group of people has gone through this now twice in less than a year, almost almost nine months to the day, does that add a whole nother level to it? I mean, you talk about PTSD and that. I, I, I would think that that's got to be even more brutal. And, and one standalone event like this would be brutal, but to have two in a month seems like no a, question. another level. No question it's another level. And I think one of the things that I think about in, in this is – Look, not everybody was best friends with this guy, right? And not everybody was best friends with Ty Jordan. And I don't mean that that you don't like him, but there's there's different people that you hang out with more on a team, especially in a team that size. Um, and so there's all there's all sorts of guilt, there's all sorts of shame, and different things that happen to people, in the sense that like, why am I not feeling worse about this? Or there's just all these nuanced parts of grief where we have this picture of what grief is supposed to look like for us. And then when it doesn't look like that picture, we wonder if something's wrong with us, right? And we wonder if something's wrong with our systems. And typically there's nothing wrong with the people that are grieving. They're just grieving in different ways. And then there's the whole interlaced and nuanced picture of feeling like other people should grieve the same way that you grieve, right? And, and looking at that and making judgments on other people on, on whether they're grieving the way you think they should grieve. And so that's where it gets really nuanced, right? And then when you make your own comparison to yourself, like why did I feel worse about Ty's death than I do about Aaron's death? Or why do I feel worse about this one than I did about the last one? Or do I, or do they feel the same? It, it just becomes confusing and sometimes difficult to unpack. That's, that's, that's why it's nuanced, right? Is there's just a lot of different feelings that go into this. Riley, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks for joining us. Hey, 
Thanks for letting me come on the show, man. Um, hey, one I got one. I do have one more thing for you on a much lighter okay, note than okay. we just hit there. Uh, I am curious because you've gone to so many Utah State games. We got a question here about what BYU fans should expect if they go to Logan for the game, you know, and if they've gone to Utah and all that. And it came down to uh, some Aggie fans uh, and, and BYU fans being upset that both are church members, but they're at each other's throats over the rivalry. How does that work in the Cache Valley, Utah State fans? getting upset with the BYU fans who live in the Cache Valley because you live there. Yeah, it's an it's an interesting – I mean, you have to remember, you know, uh, just I grew up not far from the campus. I mean, I was like three or four blocks from the campus in Logan, and then um, I moved to Salt Lake when I was 14. But, I mean, there's professors, there's, there's people who are members of the Mormon Church who graduated from BYU or right there in the Cache Valley, and it is – it is a little bit of a source of contention. There is some, there is some resentment in Cache Valley for people who live in Logan that are BYU fans. There, there, there's, it's palpable. And I remember, I remember just knowing as a young kid who the BYU fans were in the neighborhood that lived in Logan. And it was like, huh, I wonder why, why do they do that? <laughs> you know? And then, you know, and then there was my, my own thought processes where, I really cheered for BYU at every game except for Utah State growing up. And, um, you know, as far as, like, um, the, 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 the competition or the thought process of that going on in the stadium, I mean, look, Utah State doesn't have as many fans as the University of Utah, but they're passionate and they're, they're very emotional about their team. So I don't expect to be, you know, like a level down, like, oh, we're going to be super, super, like, super kind if if Utah State's getting beat really bad up there. But I also think that Utah State fan in and of itself, they, they try to be kind to the opposing teams. But the BYU game, it just kind of it, it amps it up a little bit. The emotions will be on the sleeves of Utah State fans, no question about it. Thank you, Riley. We appreciate it. Take care, guys. Have a great day. Riley Jensen, our college football insider, joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. More on the question of the day. If you're just joining us, we will get to that coming up. A lot of you uh, weighing in on this. Can visiting BYU fans expect better treatment from Utah or Utah State fans? We'll get to that. Stay with us. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. The head coach at BYU, Kalani Sataki. I got to tell you, Coach, if I would have had these built bars when we were at BYU, I would have got better grades. You know, Hans, whenever I hear the word hangry, I think the definition of it should be your picture. Because when you were in college and you were hungry, you were probably the worst guy to hang out with. And we just knew that to throw you something to eat and you would be in a better mood. Imagine if you would have just had all these protein bars available to you. You would never have a day of being angry at all. You had a great grades and you had had a great experience overall because we know one thing. When Hans is hungry, watch out. Everybody tread lightly. I'm hungry! Hans and Scotting weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Join Scotting Hans from 10 to 2 Friday at Mountainland Supply in Far West, 3142 North, 2000 West. It's the Mountainland Supply Tool and Safety Tailgate Party. Save hundreds on tools and safety gear. Grab a burger and a dog at the Tool and Safety Tailgate Party. That's Mountainland Supply, 3142 North, 2000 West in Far West. I would advise you to grab a burger or a dog. 
I'm doing both just to spite you. Yuck, yuck, yuck. You want to be yucking on heaven's door quicker than you think? I lost 40 pounds. I'm good. Right. Watch well, that cholesterol. Don't it now. Watch that cholesterol, big yeah, guy. Yeah, don't watch it rise. I don't want you to be yucking on heaven's door. Nor does my wife. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, until I quit, then, you know, I don't care as much. But for now. Gee, thanks. <laughs> I care. You know, entirely for selfish reasons, but I care. Hey, better than not caring at all, is it not? See, silver yeah. lining. Yeah, that's the kind of guy I am. <laughs> a burger or a dog? <laughs> <laughs> you choose one. Oh, it's man. like people who drive in multiple lanes on a freeway. We don't care which one you choose, just pick a lane. Yeah, try to pick the one I'm not in. Oh, irregardless, nope, I can adjust. Nope. Twice in the last month, someone's been changing lanes. I'm right here. Hello. Did you beep? Flip them off? Uh, I did beep. I did, did not flip them off. Them off. I, wanted, <laughs> I wanted to flip them off, but they were slightly in front of me and wouldn't have seen it. I mean, they weren't seeing me in the first place. That's why they were coming into the lane. A couple of weeks ago, probably about a month ago. Grab the wheel and hit the horn. I was golfing at Hovel Creek, right? And that's up in the canyon down there. It's probably got a canyon name that I don't know. Yeah. yeah, Hobble Creek Canyon. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> Congrats. Hey, so you're coming out of the parking lot, right? And it's that one lane. It's a one road, so it's a each direction. Well, they're having a car show somewhere back up there. And so all these you know, older model, very nice, obviously, mm-hmm. are coming by, right? Got your Model Ts? Your Model As? Uh, I don't think it's that old, but... You know, your so, 1950 Caddy. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. You, you've seen car shows. Absolutely. We all have. And so when you look, when you're coming out of the parking lot, you look to your right, and it's kind of an uphill a little bit, so you're not sure if there's a car right there because it's turning and it's uphill, so you really got to be careful, right? So I ease out a little bit, and here comes this dude, <laughs> some old, really nice car. <laughs> so I, I ease uh, out, but I stop because I see him coming. And as he gets right by me, he flips me off. <laughs> Dude, I eased out. I thought I was appropriate, being safe. I didn't go in front of you, and he flips me off. <laughs> nice relaxing day in Hollow Creek yeah. Canyon with my with my sixty year old car that I treasure, wash and wax <laughs> twice a month. Hey! Boom! (laughs) Bring the thunder! You just went Eli Manning on Monday night. It just shocked me, though, because I just went out a little, not even half on my side of the divider. Yes, Mm -hmm. you're not even No, because you had to go out. If you've been, people have been to Hopper Creek, you know what I'm talking about. you got to look to your right, and it, it, it comes up, it's on incline, so you don't have a full, like, 40, 50, 60 yard view. Right. I thought I was being responsible. Hold back. And plus, I got my wife's in the car, so, you know, you got to look around the other person, mm-hmm. right? And then she leaned back to make it easier. Because it is, it's a little dangerous deal there. And the guy flips me off. And just, people in Utah, in Utah County. Your stereotypes are dangerous. Well, I know. I love that. <laughs> Something happens. Oh, well, yeah, that's Utah. What they're saying is those, you know, those you know what Mormons. I mean, it could have nothing to do with the Mormons, but that's what we say. Oh, that's Utah. We just. Could you imagine doing that to another community? But uh, nevertheless, I just I was shocked. And you're right. He's my brother. <laughs> Sing it. <laughs> 
Jeez. He, and, and he was a little on the light side. You're right. Uh, but he's my brother. I mean, that's the way we need to look at people. You know what I mean, brother? Can I borrow some money? <laughs> <laughs> Can visiting BYU fans expect better treatment from Utah or Utah State fans? Uh, forever. 22 forever at Salt Lake Jake. This is st- such a stupid tweet, Deej. Got many likes now. Don't ever call him Deej. He doesn't like being called Deej. I don't know what it is about Deej, but he doesn't like it. I tried it early. He doesn't like it. I honored the wish, so I don't do it. (laughs) Uh, Ray says, other people don't think it's stupid. Other people see the tension in daily life, especially in the Cache Valley. Ray says, I've been a BYU fan all my life in Cache Valley. The only thing I don't understand is the hate for BYU. I understand cheering for your team, but I don't understand the hate, especially from members of the church. Hashtag cheer for your team. And Chad, at U-State underscore Chad, says, well, if you could put yourself in an Aggies fan's shoes, you'd see the constant mocking, teasing, and talking down to from BYU fans that is a large source of that hate. Hmm. If you put it that way... (laughs) Nobody likes to be talked down to. Hey, I got a few free minutes. Could you lecture me, PK? <laughs> yeah, lecturing. That's what media has turned into these days. Lecturing, it's but a lecture. Lecturing and talking down. Click. First cousins. Get out. Yeah, and I'm guilty of that myself a thousand times over in my personal life, that's for sure. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the, I guess if that's the case, that would create animosity for sure. Spencer says, both places, good and bad experiences, but my worst was from the dairy farm. And Dale said, well, maybe if you had more respect than to refer to it as the dairy farm in a condescending way, they would treat you better. I guess it makes some sense if you're vegan and support PETA. PETA Tonga? People for the ethical treatment of animals. Well, who would be for the unethical treatment of animals? (laughs) Well, people who make money off them and keep them caged. A caged animal. Oh, man. Isn't that what... Thousands of pigs herded into a very tight space. Isn't that what the Aggies feel like? I'm really curious to see how they respond because that was just a woolly, disappointing effort. I don't know if they would have won without the errors, but they certainly could have a better opportunity. And to have 300-plus yards of total offense at zero points is literally unheard of. I can't recall any time of hearing that. So these guys should come out like wounded, caged animals or whatever you want to say. That's why I'm... They got I'm, something to prove. Yeah, I'm I mean, so they got eager to watch to this game. It's frustrating, and it's easy for them to say, we should have been better than that. They should have. Now, maybe... Yeah. Maybe not good enough to win. Not good enough to win, and maybe the opposition has something to do with how good you are or aren't. Nah, and you acknowledge that and take that, yards. right? And you acknowledge and take that into decision, but hey, boys, you won the game. You're a competitor deep down. You're thinking we're better than that. We they have are better, better than that. That, that they showed better than that. that I believe sucked. they're better than that. So to be the next team coming up, you got to have your guard up because you ought to be oh, thinking sure. you get that super focused, super high energy effort. Well, this is the old days for BYU, and what's good about the old days is I think the old days are returning. Because I think when you're playing some of these teams that are on BYU's schedule, Middle Tennessee State and East Carolina, nothing there. Nope. Uh, but now you've got something that is there. It's Utah State, BYU. It is, there is something there. And I think they will develop something there going forward the year after next when they start the Big 12 play. Because once you get into conference play, 
And the thing about it, too, what's going to be cool about this is it's going to be an entirely brand new conference. It's not just going to be Colorado and Utah added to the pool of 10 members that have been together for 40 plus years. Four newbies yeah. and two gone, yeah. although for the people who've been in the league a long time, it may feel more like four gone or six. I mean, they've had half, half yeah. the league is gone. So over it's 30 a new years. day on the Big 12. And. There's going to be a level of excitement there for sure. I mean, most definitely. And so this is what you're going to get a taste of it Friday night. And it's what BYU, what they are now literally recruiting to, because everyone they're recruiting to now is being recruited to the Big 12. And I already know that that has responded in a small degree to getting people excited about going to BYU. Is getting out, and I've talked to guys. related to BYU as far as that goes. And they've got some guys that have committed, maybe haven't announced a decommit, but are decommitting. And so they're open more so to BYU, whereas just very last year, and this is is a fact, I don't know if they're going to get these kids, but this is what was told to me, that last summer, somebody's kids out there who showed no interest in BYU are now showing interest. That's totally believable. Now, whether That's, they get them or not, I don't know. And it'll be case by case yeah. and probably get some and not get yeah. others. But football, 85 scholarship guys, and then walk-ons on top of that. So you got to figure that the Big 12, the brand. It's the Big 12. It's the Big 12, brother. <laughs> the brand is going to do exactly what you say. Yeah. It's going to open doors. It's what Kyle went through with the Pac-12. He said, we're getting into doors. Now they can get all those guys, but they're getting into doors we never got in before. People are willing to listen. football. It's the, the Big, Big 12. 12. <laughs> well, to add to that, PK, I actually heard just last night that there's a local player who was pretty much destined to go out of state who's got a renewed interest in BYU a, because they're playing well, and also B, because they're going to be powerful. Yeah, and I already told you who that kid was last week. No. Yes. Like that kid's got interest, I think, too. Yes. But Yak was talking about somebody else. Not that you're wrong. He was talking about somebody else. I understand. Else. Yeah. But that's... I mean, I told him about a kid last week. Yes. yes. Yeah, I know about that one. I'm not you, saying sure. it was this kid. I'm saying, yeah, and that's good. That's good for them. And that's why these next couple years are huge. Because you have the possibility to go into this deal with a ton of momentum. Momentum that I honestly didn't think possible 18 months ago, Nobody. 24 months ago. Nobody did. The people who did are lying. They have a chance to win 30 games in three years. I don't know if they'll pull it off, but they got a shot. And when you, win, when you can walk into somebody's house, it's like you were saying earlier this morning about 10%, 1 out of 10. You know, one out of 13, not so easy. But one out of 10, you can get. And 30 in three years, and maybe it'll be 28, and maybe a 33. We'll see how it plays out. 28's still pretty good. Yeah, but th- if you can walk into good. a recruit's house or into the football coach's office. House. I like the way you said that. Walk into a recruit's house. <laughs> An offensive lineman. He's mighty, mighty. Let it all hang it. It's a good recruiting pitch. We're going to the yeah. Big 12, and we've won 30 games in three years. Oh, yeah. As a, as a recruiting pitch goes, that's a great place to start. There's no way. I would have thought this has changed like it has. And nobody would have predicted that sitting here in the summer. And we of, owe it uh, all to Jack Tuttle. 
<laughs> we do. <laughs> we do. Actually, when you think about it. I will explain it. that next. <laughs> DJ PK at 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. It's game week for the Cougars. And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. Kalani Sataki and BYU take their undefeated record to Logan for a showdown against the Aggies. Listen all week for your chance to win tickets to the game and then catch all the play-by-play action beginning with a Cougar preview show. Friday at 6 on 97.5 FM with a post-game show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to the post-game press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK reminding you, Football Fridays are presented by Mountainland Supply, where the pros go for plumbing, landscape, and irrigation, agricultural irrigation, HVAC parts, tools, and safety equipment. Find a location near you at mountainland.com. All right, we've been discussing the question of the day. And asking, can BYU fans expect better treatment from Utah or Utah State fans? BYU is up in Logan Friday night. Catholic Matt joins us now. Longtime BYU fan, longtime sports talk radio listener and caller. Catholic Matt, I'm thinking you've been in a lot of visiting stadiums. What's that? <laughs> He's been listening so long that that was cutting edge at one time. <laughs> I I don't know. I'm an idiot. I like it, though. Whatever. Well, I do, too. You know, I, you know what? There's two, two sides to this. I remember many years ago when I was living in Utah County and I had season tickets to BYU. Georgia Tech came to, to, to play at, uh, well, yeah, I guess at the time it was Lavelle Stadium. Um, I got in the face of a Georgia Tech fan. I was young. I was an idiot. <laughs> Weren't we all? <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. I've been, I've, you know, I've said some stupid stuff. I've been on message boards and written stupid stuff. I, I'm not going to apologize for it. I'm going to own it. It is, it is what it is. I, I like to think that I've grown up a little bit. Uh, if I were to go to the Utah State BYU game, I would just go to watch my team. Yeah, uh, I would like to think so. I really would. And, and if a if a Utah State fan got in my face or was uh, talking cracks or anything, I you know I don't know. I would just I would do my best to try to ignore it. I would like to think I would. I will also share this. I have DJ. I have been in the Rose Bowl when BYU played UCLA not too long ago, and. Uh, UCLA fans, I was over by the student section with my wife, and they they were, you know, F the Mormons, yeah. all this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, dude. I mean, I just looked at them like, you guys are freaking morons. <laughs> I, I don't get that. I really don't get it. You know, whatever. If that makes you feel good at the end of the day, then great. But people want to talk about being hypocrites and stuff. We're all hypocrites, bro. Every one of us, I don't care if you're an Aggie, a Ute, or a Coot, uh, we've all done something stupid. I'm sure there are some out there that have never done it. I'm, I'm pretty sure there are. There's some good people that just want to watch their team and whatever. And so, yeah, I've been in other stadiums. I've been treated well in other stadiums. Uh, Nebraska fans are very cool people. <laughs> probably the best fans I've ever been around. If I could be any fan, it would probably 
be a Nebraska fan or like like a Nebraska fan. Nothing but respect, uh, right. at least to me anyway. All right, Catholic so, Matt, we appreciate it. we got to run. Anyway. We've got a guest coming up on the other side. But thanks for your call. We appreciate it. Good to hear from you. Catholic Matt, longtime BYU fan, joining us here on 97. Notre Dame really knows how to treat visiting fans, too. They've got a lot of people at the stadium that are there to welcome you and make sure everything is okay. Had one of my best visiting yeah. fan experiences there. I've the seen that uh, firsthand. Obviously been back there multiple times. Luke Robitaille, L.A. Kings team president, going to join us with the Kings coming to town. We'll talk with Luke Robitaille next.